Hello and welcome back to Protolabs' Insight podcast series. We've created this podcast to help you design better parts for digital manufacturing. You'll find it packed with useful tips that will hopefully save you time and money. We'll be sharing new podcasts with you regularly and they'll be available for you to listen to whenever you want, either on our website, protolabs.co.uk, or through any podcast streaming service. Today, I'm going to talk you through design considerations for overmolding and insert molding. First, let's take a look at overmolding. Overmolding is an injection molding process that allows an additional layer of resin to be added to an existing molded part to provide a combination of characteristics that no single material can provide. One of the most common applications is to add a soft, functional, hand-friendly layer of rubber-like material, typically a TPE, which is a thermoplastic elastomer, over a hard substrate. Another is to change or enhance the appearance or cosmetics of a part by overmolding material of a different colour or finish to it. Overmolding materials can be found on anything from medical devices to handhold tools to toothbrushes. They are also used as gaskets and seals within assemblies. As a manufacturing process, overmolding can provide excellent adhesion between different materials and eliminate the need to assemble materials by hand. Because the process can be automated to varying degrees, it can be pretty cost-effective. And, by reducing the complexity of the assembly, it helps reduce the cost and accelerate a product or device's time to market. But most importantly, it can greatly enhance the range of material characteristics available to a product developer. There are two primary methods for overmolding. We've got two-shot molding and pick-and-place molding. Two-shot molding uses a single production mold, whilst pick-and-place molding uses at least two. Material selection for overmolded can be complicated. Substrate and overmold resins can complement one another, but to be effective, they have to be compatible. Choices vary not just with the application of the overmold part, but also with the method being used to produce it. Because process and outcomes are more complex for overmolding than for single-shot injection mold parts, it's helpful to seek an input from a resin expert when selecting materials. Let's take a look at two-shot molding, which involves a substrate that is molded in one material and then quickly overmolded with another material. This is generally a highly automated process. The second method is pick and place molding in which an entire batch of substrate parts is molded. The substrate parts are then placed manually one at a time into a second mold into which the overmolded resin is injected to produce the completed parts. There are three primary methods for two-shot molding. The first is transfer molding, a robotic procedure in which substrate parts are mechanically lifted out of one mold and placed into another, larger mold. The overmolded material is injected to fill the empty space in the second mold, typically while the next substrate is being produced in the first mold. Secondly, there is rotational overmolding, another robotic process in which the mold itself moves from one injection molding station to another to allow the injection of the substrate and the overmolding materials. The third is coreback overmolding, which can be used only with very specific linear geometries. The mold is built in a sliding section that is then pulled back after the first material is injected and then set to make room for the second injected material. All three of these two-shot methods layer the overmolded material onto a warm substrate, which adds a chemical bond. All three also require specialized equipment and expensive molds, but because they're highly automated processes, they're cost-effective for high-volume production, typically more than 10,000 pieces and often 100,000 or more. Pick-and-place molding uses two completely separate molds. A batch of substrate parts are manufactured in one mold and is allowed to cool. They are then placed by hand into a second, larger mold, which accommodates the substrate parts and leaves room for the overmolded material to be injected over the substrate. 
The process uses less complex equipment and simpler molds than the two-shot methods and simplifies and accelerates that setup. While the manual placement of substrates into a secondary mold is slower than the robotic process, it can typically complete production of low to medium volumes of parts more quickly and at a significantly lower cost. The biggest challenge of pick-and-place molding is the reduction in chemical bonding between the overmolded materials and cool substrates. To maximise adhesion, substrates must be carefully handled to prevent contamination of surfaces that it could impact adhesion. In addition, proper material selection also helps ensure good bonding in a pick-and-place application. Factors that favour two-shot moulding include a large production volume, typically over 10,000 parts, certainty of the design and the materials that you will use for the entire production run, and challenging budgets, saving in both time and money compared to the two-mould process, and then when chemical bonds are needed between the layers. People tend to lean more towards pick-and-place moulding when they have modest production volumes, typically under 10,000 parts, the need to prototype design or test materials, or if there's a possibility that the design will need to change, along with the need to move products and devices quickly to market or meet a market demand while two short moulds are being produced. A design that specifies chemical bonding and through proper material selection can provide a strong chemical bond. Bonding between resin layers keeps layers from separating. Depending on the part geometry, bonds can be subjected to several forces that can pull those layers apart. These include direct tensile pull, causing separation at a butt joint. Shearing, caused by a pull parallel to the bonded interface, causing a separation at a lap joint. And peeling, that typically begins at the edge and propagates along the interface between the materials. Bond strength is particularly important when one of the materials is an elastomer, which can flex and be pulled away from the substrate. This applies to both thermoplastic elastomers, which soften when reheated, and those thermoset materials, which don't soften. There are two primary ways in which layers bond. One is the actual chemical bonding in the interface of two resin layers. The other is mechanical bonding, which depends on the physical geometry of the interface. Acceptable bonding is achieved through a combination of part design, material selection, mold design, and molding process. Chemical bonding takes place at the molecular levels. This is affected by several factors. The first is the wetting ability of the substrate by the injected overmolded material. Better wetting allows for more contact between the two materials and more opportunity for bonding. This is a factor of temperatures of the materials, viscosity of the overmolded material, and the temperature and porosity of the substrate surface. At the interface, adhesion can take place in three different ways. By mechanical entanglement of polymer molecules, by co-crystallization, or by chemical reaction between the polymer chains. Adhesion can also entail a combination of these three, and a textured surface increases the area over in which adhesion can take place. In addition for the need of compatibility of the resins, the presence of additives, fillers, and certain surface treatments can reduce the chemical interactions of the substrate and overmolded materials. Molders and material suppliers can be a valuable resource in identifying resins that both meet the designer's performance requirements of the completed part, and resins that are compatible with one another, thus able to provide maximum adhesion. Processing can also significantly impact adhesion. This is particularly true in pick-and-place moulding. In this process, the substrate is allowed to cool before overmolding and is both exposed to the environment and handled during the process. It is critical that the manufacturer prevent the accumulation of impurities on the substrate surface during the storage and handling in order to maximise adhesion, an area that Protolabs paid close attention to. Mechanical bonding can be used in place of or in conjunction with chemical bonding. 
When the overmolded resin flows into the holes in the substrate, particularly if the holes are dovetailed to widen at the bottom, the cooled overmolded material is locked to the substrate. Other ways to enhance mechanical bonding include wrapping the overmolded material around the substrate or increasing the surface area of the interface with grooves, pickets, posts or bosses. A porous substrate provides tiny holes into which the elastomer can migrate to create a mechanical bond. To prevent peeling, avoid exposed edges of the overmolded material. A raised edge of a substrate material can protect the edges of the overmolded elastomer where peeling could otherwise begin. For information about chemical bonding compatibility, you can take a look at our insert and overmolding white paper online. It goes into the detail of a number of plastics that they bond with. The link can be found in the podcast description. But in a nutshell, thousands of possible combinations exist of substrate and overmolded materials. A few of the more common possibilities are included in the charts of the white paper, but if you require special characteristics, there are many others that can be identified by material suppliers. Besides compatibility and adhesion, there are a number of factors that affect resin choice for overmolding. If the goal is cushioning, the thickness of the overmolded material can be as important as the softness of the material itself. Thin layers, typically below 10 mil, will feel hard regardless of the material choice. For this reason, many consumer products will have rows of taller ribs to increase perceived thickness where reducing the amount of overmolded material and increasing its flexibility. The actual flexibility of a material is not directly related to its hardness or durometer. A better measure is flexural modulus, which measures the material's resistance to bending. A material with lower flexural modulus will feel softer. And whilst a variety of resins are suitable for overmolding, there are elastomers such as VersaFlex, which can be specifically formulated for the overmolding applications. If the goal of overmolding is to enhance grip, a material's coefficient of friction indicates how tactile it can be. Thermoplastic elastomers, for example, typically have a high coefficient of friction. As in the case of cushioning, durometer is not a reliable measure of materials grip. Since many resins, including both thermoplastics and thermosets, can have a range of characteristics, it may be useful to consult experts in choosing the right resin grade for a specific application. Now, let's finally look at insert molding. Like overmolding, insert molding injects a resin over another material, but instead of the plastic substrate, the other material is typically a metal, and the injected plastic is typically rigid. Metal electrical components or custom machined metal parts are often embedded in plastic this way. Similarly, threaded parts can be molded into plastic for a stronger, more durable assembly of plastic components, such as device shells. Insert molding is an alternative to inserting metal parts by either heat staking or ultrasonic welding, processes by which a molded plastic part is locally melted to allow the insertion of the metal part. Insert molding is more controllable and allows better encapsulation than the other methods. Molding in inserts also eliminates the need for a secondary insert installation process, which saves you both money and time. Because inserts are metal, they must be placed into a mold in which they will be encapsulated in the plastic. This can be done robotically for high volume production, but for low to mid volume production, insert into a mold, pick and place is a manual process. There is no chemical bonding between metal inserts and plastic, so the insert and the resin components must be designed for the mechanical bond. Protolabs accepts prefabricated inserts, including PEM, Dodge, TriStar, Spiral, and Tapex. You can learn more about insert molding and how it can help add strength to parts in our design tip. Again, the link is available in the description of this podcast. So why would you use overmolding and insert molding? 
While overmolding requires more complex designing, processes, and material choice than single-shot injection molding, it offers significant benefits. Firstly, it allows materials to be combined to provide characteristics that no single resin can deliver. Secondly, it can eliminate assembly steps, which saves you both time and money. Thirdly, it can meld materials in a way that assembly processes cannot match. In addition, inserts add strength and durability to parts. So let's look at these points in a bit more detail. First, there's the cost reduction. Overmolding can reduce production cost. Whereas standard injection molding can combine multiple parts into a single cavity mold, overmolding can produce a single part made up of different materials without the need for assembly. Mold production is more complicated but eliminates the reoccurring cost of assembling thousands of parts. There are a variety of ways to produce overmolding parts and choosing the right one for your needs time to market, total production volume and likelihood of product change, etc. can determine which is more efficient. Second up, there's the quick turn production. Overmolding can help speed products to market. Once molds have been created, overmolding in any of its forms can be a far faster process than those that require assembly. Two-shot molding processes are best suited for larger volume productions, so more than 10,000 parts. Pick and place overmolding is more economical in the smaller volumes of production, so you know, you're 10,000 and below. While designing and manufacturing of two-shot molds can take a month or more, pick and place overmolding can produce parts within weeks for prototyping, market testing, and low-volume production, or even bridge tooling while two-shot molds are being produced elsewhere. In either case, however, once the mold or molds have been made, volume part production can be done quickly. Then we have prototyping and low-volume runs. Pick and place overmolding is ideal for low to mid-volume production. Because it's more labor-intensive than two-shot overmolding, production cost per part using this technique will tend to be higher, but it does eliminate the extremely high cost and delay of producing complex two-shot molds. Total cost of pick-and-place will tend to be lower than two-shot production, with volumes less than 10,000 parts. The process can also be used to produce prototypes before investing in two-shot molds for high-volume production. If speed to market is critical, it may make sense to use pick-and-place molds to deliver products to a market while you're waiting for full-scale production to begin. And in markets where parts are subject to frequent redesign, pick-and-place reduces risk by allowing redesign of molds at a fraction of the cost of remaking a two-shot mold. Finally, there's just the range of applications. While overmolding is widely used in all industries, ranging from consumer products to automotive and electronic components, it's particularly suited to medical applications. Devices that contact, enter, or are inserted into the body may have to meet stringent requirements and have challenging functions. They may have to stand up to heat for sterilization, endure chemical exposure, or meet specific standards such as FDA, USP Class 6, or the ISO 10993 in biocompatibility. In many cases, no single resin can meet all of those requirements. For safety and sterility, multiple materials may have to mate virtually seamlessly, and this is an area in which overmolding excels. There are many other reasons to use overmolding. One of the most common is for comfort and grip. Soft elastomers are frequently overmolded over a harder substrate to create a safe, non-slip grip in a variety of handheld items, ranging from hand tools to medical devices. Because the overmolded material is typically an elastomer, sealing, shock absorption, and vibration dampening are also common applications. Another common application is the aesthetics of it. So the substrate can have an indented pattern that is filled with the overmolded material in a contrasting color to create a logo or some text or any other designs. 
Overmodeling can change the characteristics of a part's surface to give it different electrical or thermal or other environmental qualities. As always, if you want to learn more about anything that I've discussed today, please visit our website, which is protolabs.co.uk, or get in touch by phone, which is 01952-683-047. Or you could just drop us a bell at customer service at protolabs.co.uk. If you've enjoyed listening today, please tune in to our next podcast and subscribe for podcast updates. I've been Sean Caliburn, Account Manager here at Protolabs, so thanks for listening and happy designing, folks!